This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Before I read the scripture, I want to bring you a message today called The Cup of Sanctification. I want you to look at that and realize you're drinking from something. You came drinking something today. It could be regret. It could be shame. It could be pain. It could be depression. It could be joy. But you're drinking from something today. Now we're going to go to Psalms 116, verse number 13. Psalms 116, verse number 13, and I believe God's going to speak to us through this today, says this. It says, I will lift up the the what? cup of salvation. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Isn't God good to us? We can drink from a different cup than what we came here drinking from today. Now let me just tell you that God is all about making covenant. And that a covenant is this, it's when people come into connection with God and they make a, an agreement between them and God. And it seems like almost every single covenant in the scripture It seems like every single uh, covenant in Scripture ends with its ratification with a cup. What did Jesus say on the night that he was betrayed? He took the bread, he broke it. We did this last Sunday at church. And he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. And then at the end of supper, Scripture says that he lifted up the cup. And after he had drank from it himself, he said, take and drink and do this in remembrance of me for this is the new covenant in my blood. It seems like whenever God does something, it begins with a cup. And so today, we're going to begin this series uh, this month, Then we're going to be focusing on the four cups of deliverance that God wants you to drink from in your life. And it is my hope, now listen to me carefully, it is my hope that you will drink every drop. Every single drop. I, let, me just, let me just be real more graphic with it. Have you ever gone to the movies and got one of those, those slushy, icy things? You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to tell you what happens to me. I'll sit there and I'll, I'll drink most of it during the, the, the previews. And somewhere near the end of that time, I get a little thirsty. And I always look down at my cup and there, it's making noise and Christina elbows me, you know what I'm saying? And I look down in there and there's just a little bit left in the bottom of the cup. Well, any respectable person would say, well, that was good and set it down, but not so. I paid $12 for that cup. <laughs> Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. So what do I do right in the middle of that movie? I turn that cup up and... (laughs) Because why? I want every last drop of that cup. What would happen in our lives if we bring our cups of salvation out before the Lord and instead of just taking a little sip every time we need to feel better about ourselves, if we turn them up and say, God, I want to be full of your presence. I want to be full of your anointing. I want to be full of your spirit. I want to drink deeply and I want to know who you are completely. What would change in our lives? Now, I want you to look with me quickly over to Exodus chapter 6. And for sake of time, I'm going to begin to read quickly here today. But Exodus chapter 6, beginning in verse number 6. You can catch up with me if you want to. These are the four cups that God wants you to drink from for your deliverance. It reads like this. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. Now, that part just, just excites me. God's talking to us, okay? God says, tell my people this. I am the Lord. And notice this. I want you to read these two words every time you see them together. What are the next two words? 
I will. Read them with me. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. Notice the next part here. He says, I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. Next, he says, I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Now, listen to me. I love this. God says, I will, I will, I will, I will. And then he says, because of what I've done, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Can I tell you, when you let God start doing in your life what he wants to do in your life, it won't be long and you'll be declaring with me, my cup does surely run over in the presence of the Lord because he's done something good for us. He said, you will know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you. Who has done what? freed you. If you came into this place bound, I have come with the gospel that will liberate you today. will set you free from your oppression in Egypt. Now, what did, I want you to understand what's being said here. The Jewish people celebrate these four I will cups, the four promises of God in this passage. As a matter of fact, they celebrate them once a year every spring. They gather around what they call the Passover Seder the meal of which they gather to remember the, the passing over of the death angel as he would pass by those uh, that were marked under the blood. He would pass over them, and then he killed all the firstborn of Egypt and delivered them. During that meal, they take these four cups and they sup from the four different cups of God's promise because sometimes you get tired of drinking from all the devil's lies and you need to taste the promises of God. And here are the promises that they remember. These four, I want you to get them really quickly today. The first cup they drink from, they quote this promise, I will free you from your oppression. Let me say that again. Cup number one is I will free you from your oppression. The second cup that they drink from, they declare this promise that the Lord God says, I will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. The third cup that they drink from, they declare this promise as they drink, I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. Is that not a... I mean, Every time I read, I'm like, my God's bad to the bone. Come on now, amen. My God says, I'm going to deliver you in a great way. In the fourth and final cup, he says this, I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Man, God is so awesome to us. And so we have these promises in place. And as we have these promises in place, we understand that these were not just promises for the children of Israel, but they are promises for anyone who has believed in Jesus Christ. They are promises for those who trust Christ. And as we learn to drink from these cups, I pray that your thirst will be quenched and you will find the joy and the purpose that God has called each of us to. Before we talk about these cups, though, let me just address just briefly a pattern that I see. And I want you to get this. I watch people. I watch men come through the program. I watch people come to church. And, and just a few weeks in, God starts radically changing their life. And as God starts radically changing their life, it's amazing what God can do. Amen. People are always afraid of what God's going to do when they come to church. Matter of fact, I was talking with one of the guys this week, and this is what he said to me. He said, Pastor, he said, I just want to tell you, he said, when I came from Waypoint to War Hill on that first Sunday, Waypoint came to church, he said, he said listen, I had just come out of a 30 by 40 cell. He said there were 30 men sleeping in this 30 by 40 cell. And he said, he said, and I came to church. He said, I was so scared of what I felt in God's house. I would have gladly went back to that 30 by 40 cell. He said, but now God's got a hold of my life. Come on now. I mean, you know, when you start drinking something different, God changes who you are. 
And I watch guys, they get, come in and God starts changing who they are and they start embracing the promises of God. And I watch people uh, from for years now, 26 years, I've watched people embrace the promises of God and they're running with the promises of God and they're running with the promises of God and everything's going great. And then all of a sudden they hit a little bump in the road and they decide that a little sip of sin won't be a problem. Don't make me give my own amen. They decide that a little sip of sin won't hurt anything. And so they go back to some of the things they used to and they start sipping on it. And it's before long, that little sip of sin has turned into a gulp of sin. Before long, the gulp of sin has turned into a struggle again. And the struggle, has, I'm not calling out your specific sins. You're the one putting another word there, not me. I'm preaching truth. And before long, you've had this sip of sin that now has a hold of you. And as it has a hold of you, you, you end up in a bad place. But here's what I've watched time and time again. Those who call upon the name of the Lord, he comes in and rescues them. And then they celebrate his promises. And then they start sipping again. And then he rescues them again. And then they sip again. And then he rescues them again. And I tell you, that's not God's plan. Thanks be to a God who never gives up on us. But hallelujah to a God who's able to establish us and give us staying power. The ability to make it. Because it's not God's plan for us to fall over and over again. It is God's plan for you to live in the freedom that God created you to walk in. It's God's plan for you to walk free and to walk holy and to walk righteous before the Lord. God has a great plan for us. If you find yourself stuck in a pattern like that, what you need to do is start drinking from the cups of God's deliverance. I want to declare to you today that your best days are ahead of you. You are not a slave, but you are a child of God's promises. Now, some of you think this is good for somebody else, but this promise of God is for every single one of us in this place. One of the first steps toward walking in the promises of God is that you have to have a transformation of your mind. You see, for most of us, the only thing we've ever known is living in bondage. The only thing we've ever known is, is generations of sin, generations of struggles. But God wants us to drink deep from his promise so that we can have a change of mind. He wants us to begin to dream of promises. God wants us to begin to dream of his favor and his deliverance. And some of you are going, Pastor Don, you don't understand that, that I, I'm, I don't know what it's like to be free. I've never been free. My family's been drinking from this cup for, for years. Can I tell you, when God made these promises to the children of Israel, it had been 400 years of drinking the cup of slavery. That means they'd been slaves their whole lives. Their parents had been slaves their whole lives. Their grandparents and their great-grandparents and their great-grandparents, all they'd ever known was slavery. But God said, I will deliver you. And something began to stir down inside of them because if something began to stir down inside of them, they began to dream of something they didn't even know what it tasted like. But God had put a dream of freedom inside of them. Now, I know what some of you are saying, but maybe you don't stand like me. I stand here, redeemed vessel of God, because my family for generations were nothing but drunk Indians for generation after generation after generation back. As far back as we know, it was one abusive alcoholic after another, after another, after another, after another. But one day, my parents stumbled in into a little tiny church in Columbus, Georgia, and they heard the gospel message, and they decided that that cup would pass from our family, and they lifted up the cup of salvation, and everything began to change. Pastor Don, you don't understand. Who am I to break free? It's not you that breaks free. What did God say? God said, I will deliver you by my mighty arm and with great and wondrous miracles. Some of you are going, I don't believe in miracles. Well, let me tell you one, you're in God's house. 
Come on now. Let me just, since we're focused on Waypoint, let me look over here to you guys for just a minute. How many of you, it's a miracle you're in church today? All right, get it? God's still performing miracles. How many of you should not have survived the wreck? How, how many on this side? It's a, after all the ways you've been hurt, abused, molested, uh, uh, run out of God's house, uh, uh, hurt by Christians. All, you, it's a miracle you're still in God's house. Let me see. We're in a house full of miracles because God said, I can do what nobody else can do. <laughs> Pastor Don, why are you yelling? Because I'm fired up. I've been preaching this three times. It's already got in my soul. Come on, man. You see, here's the truth. God is still reaching down. God is still reaching to us in our bondage, and He is ready to perform miracles that will deliver us. See, God designed us to be free. He designed us to love Him, to be in relationship with Him, and to live out fulfilling the purposes for which He created us. And if you want to live delivered, you're going to have to drink from these four cups. And the first cup is the cup of sanctification. Now I need to ask you a deeply spiritual question for a moment. How many of you have ever been to one of those restaurants that when you buy the meal, it comes with like a gulp-sized reusable plastic cup? How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you, that's one of your favorite cups? Anybody? Look at hands all over this place. You see, I have a lot of us when I go out to dinner. I feel like when we go to one of those restaurants, we get a whole new set of dinnerware. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And those big cups are everybody's favorites. I mean, those are the ones my kids fight over. You, there'll be 40 or 50 other cups in the cup cabinet, and we'll go over there and open the door, and one of those big cups is not there. I mean, those ones that, are, I mean, those are gifts from God. It's like, it's like when you were a kid, before it was a choking hazard, and you'd open the cereal and pull out the prize. When you get one of those, not only do you get to eat the junk food at the fast food place, you get to remind yourself about it all the time. And buddy, every time one of those cups is gone, I'm like, there's nothing to drink out of. 40 other glasses in the cabinet. Come on now. And I don't know why the boys in my house particularly, they like to get that giant cup and fill it to the brim with milk. And I'm like, you better drink every ounce of that. That's, that's more expensive than gas. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> I tell you that to say this, but on the other side of the house, there's a different cabinet. It's called the China cabinet. And in the China cabinet, there are glasses. And these glasses they don't get used as often. Matter of fact, I don't remember the last time they were used. But they're there. Do you know what is the same with those glasses and the cups? That if we use them till we wear them out, the paint peels off of them. And, and if you're painting something, you can just use that cup, come on now, as part of the paint job, because it's just an excuse for you to go out for lunch afterwards. Listen to me. What's the difference between the glasses in the china cabinet and the cups in the cup cabinet? Let me give this to you. I want you to get this. The cups are not sanctified, but the glasses are. Now, some of you just went, Whew, that's not spiritual. Well, then you don't understand church language because the word sanctified doesn't even mean holy. The word sanctified simply means set aside. What it's telling me is this, when something is sanctified, I want you to get what I'm saying to you. When something is sanctified, it does not mean it's perfect. It simply means 
it has been set aside for a unique purpose. Are you with me? It means that the glass that's not perfect in the china cabinet isn't going to somehow become perfect, but it's set aside for a unique and special purpose. It tells me that like this room, this room is just a room, but it has been set aside as our sanctuary of worship, and thus it's not perfect place, but it's set aside. I think one of the best examples of what is sanctified is marriage. <laughs> Don't amen too loud when I say this, but your marriage may not be perfect. Got a few amens. You should have seen that person in the last service trying to recover afterwards. Your marriage is not perfect, but when you said forsaking all others to keep myself only unto you, you sanctified it. You sanctified it. You see, that's what I want you to get. You can't feel like God can't use you because you're not perfect. What you have to realize is God wants to take you in your imperfections, and when you set yourself aside unto Him, He wants to use you in spite of your imperfections and then be glorified through you. Because we are not perfect, but we are designed to be set apart for God's purposes. Am I preaching truth today? Let me hurry. I think you guys are getting this. You see... All of us at some point find ourselves believing that we're common. We're believing that we, we can never measure up, that somehow we, we have to settle for less, that we, we have to be something not set aside, that, that people can use us and abuse us because that's all they've ever done, that, that the sin will have a hold on us because that's all we've ever known. But what that is is a mindset of slavery. Titus chapter 3 deals with this. And I want, you to, I want you to see this. I want you to think about it. When you drink from, from these things, you will be a slave. Titus 3.3 3 says this today. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. Can I get an amen from anybody? Amen. All right. We were misled. We believed you could live like you want and drink what you want and be all right. We were misled and became slaves, became bound to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were what, what? full, not halfway, but were full of evil. Come on, preaching truth. They were full of evil, full of envy, and as a result of a life full of junk, we hated each other. Isn't that amazing? Because you hate yourself so much, you will hate the people you should be loving. But this is what I love about the next verse. Say this first with, word with me. But when God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. Come on now. He washed away our sins. He cleaned us out, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. What this tells me is this, that when we get rid of the junk and we fill ourselves up with Jesus, because of Jesus, we are no longer slaves. We have been declared free and we don't have to live in the wrong mindset, but we can lift up the cup of salvation and say, I'm not who I once was. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I am free in Jesus' name. Amen. Because of Jesus. Jesus, we are no longer a slave. Let me just give you this other point. I want you to maybe write this down. We may not be perfect, but we do have a purpose. We do have a purpose. 
God wants his children to be free. He wants us out of the pig pen. Come on now. Amen. Last Sunday we were preaching about that. And we are his special set apart vessels. The enemy of your soul has something planned for you. He wants you to stay under his control, feeling like there's no way out. And you may find yourself in some kind of bondage right now. Literally, you, it could be an addiction, a secret habit, something that, 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 that you're clinging to. It could be an unhealthy relationship, or it could be an obsession with trying to appear to be something you are not. Regardless of what holds you down, you find yourself a slave to something that you know is not what you were created for. And that sin and that cup that you're drinking makes you feel like God is a thousand or a million miles away. Can I declare the truth to you over the lie that you've been drinking long enough? God is not far from you. God is near if you will reach out to him. And let me just tell you, as a matter of fact, not only is God not far from you, God is pursuing you. God is after you. His promises want to come into your life. All you have to do is drink from that cup. But where do you start? You have to decide, are you going to set yourself aside? Now, how many of you know those soda machines that they have now, a lot of places you go to, and you know it's not easy anymore. You used to just click and pour out. Now you have to touch the screen. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you have to touch the screen and pick what kind you want. And every so often, I'll be like, I'll either hit a wrong button or, or I'll, I'll say, what is that one? And I'll, I'll put some of that in my cup and I'll take, let me just try it. And, oh, it's awful. That is an abomination in the eyes of God. Come on, amen. What do you do with that part cup that you put in there that's nasty? You don't just drink it? I mean, I look around because I don't want to see people see me fill up the little tray on the bottom of the thing and I make sure nobody's watching. Shh. Because I'm tired of drinking that stuff and I want something that's good in my cup. So you're going to have to make up your mind. To sanctify yourself, to drink from the cup of sanctification, you're going to have to decide, I'm tired of drinking the bad. And some of you are going, Pastor John, are you talking about a specific item? Now, see, here's the problem. I don't have to tell you what I'm talking about. You're drinking. You already feel that. You know what you are living in. And you know what needs to get out of your cup so that you can be set aside unto God. Listen to what Acts 17 tells us if you're worried about if God has given up on you. It says, From one man hath all the nations that should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him, though he is not far from any one of us. I mean, no, God's right here. It just determines on what you're drinking. Now you have to make up your mind. What's going to fill your cup? Take your cup in your hand one more time if you would. Just look at that for a moment. What are you going to drink this week? I hope you'll take this home and do this project with us, but the question now is, is, is greater than that. What are you going to fill your cup up with? See, some of you have filled up your cup with self-loathing. Some of you filled it up with shame. Some of you filled it up with depression. Some of you have been sipping on pain for far too long. And some of you have been sipping on the same sin, and now you're gulping it, and you're skipping the cup and just going straight to the bottle. Preaching truth. But listen to me. I want to show you real quickly how to replace what's in your cup. Are you, are you with me? This is it. 
Somebody's going to come play. The sermon's almost over. Here's what you do. The four cups that we find, and we're going to be studying the other three coming up, starting with this cup of sanctification, it all starts with what God says. Because what they're doing is quoting what God says so they can drink from His promise because it's the promise that tells you you can be free. And here's here's the part of this promise that I want you to learn. He, He says, I will bring you out. I want you to get this. God says, who says? I will bring you out. Now stand with me because we're going to practice this together. You're looking at your cup and the stuff that used to fill your life starts coming into your life. Your depression, your anxiety. Come on now, I'm preaching for a moment. Your struggles start filling your life and you have to decide, am I going to let that stay in my cup or am I going to fill that cup with something better? You've taken a sip of it and you know it's nasty. You know it's not good for you. I'm making sense to somebody here today. You know it's not what God has intended for you, but you have to make up your mind what is going to go in your cup. What are you going to drink from? And so instead of drinking from yesterday's swill and yesterday's problems and yesterday's weaknesses, come on now. I didn't give this illustration in any other service, and I, but I'm going to tell you, I was telling you how I fuss at the boys when they fill the big cups full of milk. The other day I found one that was about half full of milk from, from Charlie's breakfast. I said, boy, I told you to only get what you were going to drink. And I said, you can't do it like that. And he went to reach for the cup. And I said, what are you doing? He'd been sitting there all day long during school. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to finish my drink. I said, no, you're not going to finish that drink, buddy. You don't have to drink that nasty stuff. Can I tell you? I don't know. That didn't come out in any other service. Can I tell you that you have been trying to finish the drink that God's already delivered you from, that God's already set you free from, that God's already forgiven you for, and instead of trying to drink down, because maybe I haven't suffered enough of what you did to somebody, or, or maybe you haven't earned your freedom, but you can't earn your freedom. The only hope you can have is God says, I will bring you out. God says, I am your deliverer. I will do it by my mighty hands. I don't think you've got it yet. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you practice it with me? I will bring you out. One more time. I will bring you out. The next time the devil shows up, you say, devil, you don't understand. I'm not drinking that because I have a promise I'm drinking on. It's the new blessing of God. It's the new wine and the Holy Spirit. And God said, I am free and I am delivered because he will bring me out. Amen. Why don't you give God a praise this morning? Hallelujah. How many of you would say with me, Pastor, I want to drink from the cup of sanctification. I want to be set aside unto God. Let me see your hand. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Father, you see every hand that's in the air. We are imperfect. And we struggle. And unfortunately, we are caught in the pattern. We're caught in the wrong place. But today, we declare your promise that you will bring us we shall be free. We shall be delivered by the hand of God. With every, every eye closed, every head bowed, you put your hands down for just a moment. Whether you're here, you're listening, or you're watching now, I'm talking to everyone that's somehow connected to this service. God wants to deliver you. God wants to set you free. I want you to hear what I'm declaring today. Again, you may be sitting and watching right now, but God wants to deliver you You've got to stop drinking from the wrong cup.
and start drinking from the cup of God's promise. Everybody here, listen to me very carefully. Everybody watching, everybody, everybody listening. Nobody looking around in this church. I didn't embarrass you a moment ago when you raised your hand. I'm not going to embarrass anybody now. There are people here that your cup, that's the problem, it's your cup. And it's full of your sin. And you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You've never said, be my deliverer. And the promises are not yours because you've not accepted Christ, the ultimate promise giver. And today, you want to do that right where you are. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you and I'm not going to believe you. I'm afraid I feel the Holy Spirit already. He's, he's drawing somebody's heart. If you want to give your life completely to Jesus Christ today, I want you to get your hand up right where you are. Just hold it up high. Hold it up high where I can see you today. You're giving your life completely to Jesus Christ. I feel the Holy Spirit of God. Hold it up high. One, two, three. I see those three. Four. I see that five. Where are the rest of you today? I feel the Holy Spirit of God. Maybe you're watching. But lift your hand right there where you are. Right where you are. Who else are you? Where are you? This is your day. This is your moment. We'll join with these five. Six. See that hand up there in the balcony. All right, I want you to join hands with someone near you today. The Bible says that if we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be born again. And so with these six or seven that have raised their hand in this service today, we're going to pray that prayer of salvation right now. Their ages are, are spanning from young uh, to, to uh, a mature and so right now, God's going to change their life. But we're all going to pray this prayer of confession with them right now. Let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, I repent of my sins. From this moment forward, I give you my entire life. My past, my present and my future. I believe Jesus came for me. He died for me. And now he lives forevermore. And now God is my father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my savior. Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.